Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, goodness gracious. It's nice to be back. Oh, it's so good to see you again, my friend. <laughs> it is good to be seen outside of like, you know, where I have been. I have been like holed up in the in, in my house for like, it feels like a month now. It's I think it's crazy. been a little over a month, it seems, sir, <sighs> since I've seen you anyway. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> well, I hate that for you. Uh, and, and not that not that Mr. Taylor did anything wrong. It was no. he was a great co-host. No, glad I, to have I, him back anytime. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I sit there like as soon as it dropped, I get like the notification right. through Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, new episode!" So like me and mom sat there in the living room and listened to the to it in its entirety right then. I was like, "He did great. He good job. Thank you, Mr. Taylor." Yeah, thank you, sir, for coming and and filling in and helping me out. And uh, but it is good to have you back. I've missed seeing you. Uh, getting to hang out so i have missed being here trust me (laughs) it has been uh it's been a rough few weeks though i mean weird very weird few weeks it's yeah it has yeah so i don't know i don't know how much you guys want to get into or you want to get into it as much as you want you know i I, okay so so like let me just, just say how weird it was to to the whole reason like i i went in um See, we were working on the house, of course, you know, and I right. thought well, I've pulled a muscle in my leg. I've, I've, cause it was just that sore, achy yuck, you know, I was like, right. man, and, and it just kind of ached and hurt. And I was like, okay, so this sucks. Um, so I would ice it and all that kind of stuff, just like you would normally a, a pulled muscle or whatever. And, um, so I was noticing though, that every time that I move over there, I'm getting cut by something because everything on that job site is sharp. It seems like between the bolts or the pieces of wood that's been cut or a nail over here or what, or, you know, everything is sharp. And I was like, right. you know, I really probably need to go get a tetanus shot. Cause it's been a while since I've had one and I'd hate to get like, you know, tetanus. So off of some rusty piece of metal or something over here. So I was like, I'm going to go do that. Mom, Penelope, Ashley, all sick at the house. They all like needed antibiotics because they had this upper respiratory thing going on. So I was like, hey, I'll just go with you guys over to the doctor because they had already booked like a family event to go. And I was like, I'll just go with you guys and see if they can just pop me with a TDAP real quick, you know. And uh, they were and I was like, my tetanus will be done. Everything will be good to go. So when I get there, like. I get the, I was like, can you hit me with a tetanus shot? I said, they all need antibiotics. I know that. And he's like, yeah, that's no problem. So he calls the nurse. He's like, go, go pull up a, a tetanus, you know, and, right. and all that. And I was like, awesome. So I'll get all my stuff done right here. And he's like, anything else going on with you? And I'm like, no, not really. I was like, I've got this ache in my leg that just won't go away. It's been there for like a week and a half now. I was like, and I had taken like, um, some medication that he had prescribed to me before. And I was like, you want me to just continue that? Cause it had helped. And he was like, yeah, yeah, just continue that. And my wife's like, no, you need to stand up and let him take a look at your leg. And I was like, okay. So when I stood up, evidently my calf was swollen and he's like, get back in here after lunch. Like you have to be back in here. And I'm like, why? He's like, you may have a blood clot and that's not good. And I was like, ah, okay. So came back in, he scheduled me an ultrasound that afternoon went and got the ultrasound and I didn't leave the hospital. Uh, they, they were like, there's a bed upstairs for you. And I was like, so, so they did the ultrasound. They did the ultrasound. Were you pregnant? No, I was not pregnant, but there was definitely a foreign object in there. <laughs> 
Yeah, see, that's I did not know that they use those for anything else. Oh, yeah, they do so, that for for uh, mapping veins. They do it for um, looking for like any kind of a, an abnormal growth, like tumors, things like that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they can they can use basically anything that that it can image, you know, below the surface without having to do like MRI or CT scan or something like that. Um, it's just a lot less intrusive and 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 a lot less expensive as well. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, they identified they had a little blood clot behind my right knee, and and they were like, "Yep, go upstairs. You're gonna lay around for a while." So went upstairs. They put me on medication, and I've been medicated since. And then ankle started hurting again, like more pain. And same leg or same leg. Okay. Um, but it, the the pain was a little lower, so went back, got a second ultrasound. And they found a second clot, and I was like, "My God, what's going on?" So so there was still the other. So you had yeah. Evidently, these things take weeks to possibly even a month or two to like dissolve to clear oh wow okay um, i never would have realized yeah the medication that they put you on like the the warfarin coumadin blood thinner type medication right um it doesn't actually break the clot down it it it's it's an anticoagulant so you don't clot more Okay, so and it keeps then, the platelets from sticking to yeah. the existing clot. Yeah, and, okay. and and then your body slowly breaks down the clot over time. Um, and realistically, like I've not really had any pain from from the clots, you know, over, you know, for now for a week, week and a half. Well, that's good. That's good. So, um, but now I guess where I've been favoring that leg, though, I've got my knee all messed up. So I don't know if it's like I don't know, probably the same old same old that I always have. I'm telling you what, dude, uh-huh. forty sucks. It's I'm like right there. It's like yeah. just a few days away, and I don't know. I, I, I guess the locomotive on the front has forty on the on that's its number or something. Man, it ran my that, butt over. Is that what the cattle guard says? Forty. Yeah, I guess, man. I, it rolled me, <laughs> and it was one of those things. You know, I've always said anybody that, and I, I I apologize to anybody out there that's been hit by a train. If you're still alive, thank God you're still with us. But anybody that's gotten hit by a train, you, you can step. You know five feet in one direction or the other and you're out of the way typically most of the time i didn't see this one coming i was one of those guys that's standing on the track and was like holy crap were you, re- were you reading your text messages i must have been i must have it was too much screen time <laughs> <laughs> but i'm so glad to be back so glad to be back so yeah and definitely I, good to have you should back. be able to start back to work here in the next uh, couple of days i've got a, another doctor's appointment to go to and one thing that sucks, they stay really, that really, 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 and I mean, I'm for those of you, I know you can't see in the studio here, I'm cringing just thinking about it. So they started me on this, one of the new designer medications, the ones that you see on television. Um, it's called Eloquist. Oh, okay. And it's one of the, the it, it's expensive, very expensive, like $500 for a, a prescription of it. And then after insurance, it's still pretty high. Um and they were like, we can go either go that direction and you just take these, you know, uh, twice a day and everything's going to be good to go. Or it'll, you, it'll clear your clots up, but it may cause your head to fill with helium or. Yeah, yeah my hands uh, feel just like balloons or something. Yeah. It just felt like two balloons. Um, <laughs> so so anyway, they, they said you can take this medication and it should uh, everything should be good to go. Um, or we can do it the old school way, which is heparin, which is a shot. And then. Um, we you have to take the the heparin shots until the coumadin, which is uh, warfarin, it's a blood thinner, kicks in, because uh, it takes it a few days to build up in your system. So, <clears throat> when I went to the hematologist, 
by the way, 18 vials of blood that that person drew. I fed the vampire well that day. There, and it, it was unreal. Um, when I went to the hematologist, they were like, okay, so this medication has not been clinically tested for your situation. So I was like, okay. They said, and she says, so the only thing that we know 100% for sure works is warfarin. And I was like, okay, so do I need to switch? And she's like, I'll leave that up to you and your doctor. So when I spoke with my doctor, he was like, yeah, let's go ahead and switch you over. I'll go ahead and call in everything and get you set up. And I was like, okay. So when I go to pick it up, what do I have? 14 syringes full of uh, Lovenox, which is heparin. Okay. Um, and then a bottle of pills of warfarin. And I'm like, so am I giving these shots to like my dog or what's going, you know, what's, what's happening here? And there, he's like, oh no, you have to give yourself a, 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 an injection twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, no, no. You don't understand, sir. I, you can cut my head off, but do not make me give myself a shot. No needles, none ever, 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 ever. You just gave 27 pints of blood. Mm, I, somebody else is doing it. No problem. Well, that's fine. Get, you come in here and you let get Penelope hit me. give you the shot. It'll be fine. <sighs> Thing is, is nobody in my house, no one in my home will even like. They look at him and they cringe, and I'm like, yeah. So, so Saturday morning, I, I get the, all this stuff Friday evening, like seven okay. o'clock. So, luckily, my next door neighbor is a nurse, and I'm like, I get up. It's like eight thirty, quarter till nine. And I'm like. On Saturday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I went in there and got one. I pulled the little cap off, saw the little needle there, and was like, yeah. I even it's, just took, a, it's just a tiny little dude, prick. It, it is. And it was like the little needle is only like three quarters of an inch, tiny yeah, little thing. Yeah, thing. Thin as a hair. Yeah, you never even feel it. And, uh, and then like I, I, I even got the little alcohol and did the whole thing on my stomach because you, you give oh, it. Oh, you got to do it in the abdomen? You got to do it in the, yeah, in the abdomen. Like, and they, they, the Lovenox, they say you give it in the love handle, Lovenox, you know. Oh. And I was like, okay. So, so it's uh, kind of like an insulin injection. Yeah. All right. Pretty much exactly like an insulin injection. 100 cc, 100 whatever it is that's in the little tube. So anyway, I, I, I send my neighbor a text. Hey, you wouldn't want to give me a shot or two, would you? No reply. And I'm like, Mm. Okay, okay. Can I do this? Can I do this? Hey, can just do this? close your so eyes. I, I, no, I don't want to close my <laughs> eyes and give myself an injection. <laughs> so I, I I pinch up, you know the 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 abdomen area because they say you pinch and you know, and I'm like, yeah. and I mean, it took me forever, and then finally I went, and just the. The feel of the resistance of the needle going in and all that, and then giving the shot itself, and I was like, "Dude, I kid you not, I was lightheaded. I was, I was woozy. I was like, I was like, I got, I got, I got to sit down somewhere because I, I wow. can't do this. I was like, I broke out in cold sweats. I was like, no. So when I sit down, I, I pick my phone back up, and I'm like, never mind about the shot i went ahead and grew a pair and gave myself a shot and like her reply was oh i'm sorry i was downstairs i didn't get your text good job by the way <laughs> i'm like uh so since then so that was what saturday i've given okay. two saturday um i guess what one just no i guess it was two friday two saturday 
and then one this morning. So I guess I got them on Thursday night. Are you getting? Are you, so you're getting better at it? Um, I don't want to say I'm getting better at it, but it's not as bad as it was. I well, still I just so, that that the the feel of the needle, like you know, the resistance of yeah, it. That's yeah. it. And then here's the thing: like getting a shot doesn't bother me. I can get a shot all all day long. You take, give it, give the nurse a syringe. She can play darts on me. I don't care. It's I know that it's coming. And I know when it's going to hit. With a nurse, it's just, I don't know. I'm not watching, so I don't know when she's going to hit me. It's just there, and it's done. But I know. I can. I know, and I'm anticipating, and it's just, oh, just makes me cringe all over. Yeah. (laughs) I used to have a pretty big fear of needles, but uh, like 14 years of allergy shots twice a week, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, the wife gets those as well. She gets them a couple of times a week in both arms. And she's still... She can't terrified do of needles. She doesn't. She she will not give a shot. Heck no. Yeah. Cowards. No. <laughs> Maybe, but you know, I don't. I don't. I don't like it. Maybe it you're sucks. too empathetic. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I don't. I know. think I could stab you. I don't think it bothered me a bit. Uh, maybe you want to. You want to come over after a while. You want to come over after a while and hit me. <laughs> I do have to say this though. The pharmacist said I was going to be like bruised. Where right? He's like, because it's it's a blood thinner, so it's you know it's going to bruise. I'm not bruised. I don't know if that means I've got too much cushion down there, <laughs> you know, in the abs. Well, maybe it just takes a while for it to. Uh, it Maybe, but yeah, I was like, so far, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know. Even like the places where I've given it, I, mm-hmm. there's a couple of little red spots and that's it. And I was like. Well, that's good. Oh, I've done okay, I guess, with it. That's good. So how long until you find out success rate or whatever? Like, when do you go back? I go tomorrow. Um, today's Sunday, of course. I go tomorrow and. uh go for another blood test just to check to see the, as far as the consistency because they do this thing called an INR check which checks the, the how thin your blood is or how the right. platelets are like the clotting factor or yeah, whatever clotting factor um, so I have to have that test done tomorrow I think they're going to take another look at my um, I don't know if they're going to do another ultrasound tomorrow they may do another ultrasound they're just basically just following up and checking um, I definitely have another ultrasound on the 15th of September and another um a uh, trip to the hematologist on the 17th. So so like a month from now. About a month from now. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Oh, until that time, though. Yay. I'm, I'm on the mend. That's good. I'm back. That's good. <laughs> We're glad to have you. I'm glad to be back. And I have spent so much time on my phone and watching like TV and things mm-hmm. like that, which is kind of like what we're going to talk about some today, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel... Well, you know, you won't know until you start back to work. I want to know how that affects you when you go back to work. Do you start getting the shimmer, the trimmers? You feel a little nauseous when you gotta lay your phone down. Um, maybe. No, I don't know. Realistically, not so much. I don't think because I don't. I don't necessarily use my phone as much as I do just watch. Like I watch the news a lot. Um, so. Between, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, I, it's either that or like I, there's really not a whole lot that's on television that I'm interested in. Like I used to watch a lot of History Channel, a lot of like Travel Channel and stuff like that. So you like Bigfoot and Aliens? And that was just it. That's all it is now. <laughs> right. So back, you know, a few years ago, they actually had some pretty good pro, uh, programming on there. Right. Um, but it's just kind of dwindled off now to where there's not a whole lot. So um so I watch, I flip it back and forth between two or three different news outlets, and then I'll switch over to, you know, Travel Channel or something like that every now and then. But I don't watch a whole lot of, of things. And then, of course, 
the TV in the living room stays on either Nick Jr. or Disney Jr. So, <clears throat> yeah, I know. But then again, there's also been like this is this is, and we'll talk about this, of course. But YouTube, because uh-huh. they've got a, there's there's some programming on te- on YouTube now that is kid friendly. That's and and that is that is something that Penelope has been really interested in. So, right, yeah. So I don't think that I I will have the shakes whenever I have to go back and lay my phone down, but you never know. I haven't done it yet, so <laughs> I'll let you know. We'll follow All up. Right. <laughs> so what we're kind of hitting at here, though, is uh, a phenomenon that's been become known as screen addiction. It's something that scientists are starting to throw out there as a possibility. Uh, can people be addicted to electronic devices? I got to say yes. And here, I mean, when I'm, I'm not necessarily, I've not looked at the scientific background and I, I, you've done the research on, on a lot of this. I'm just looking as a general, I, I guess just common sense. It only makes sense that if you are using something repetitively and it is constantly giving you feedback or fulfilling a quote unquote need in your life. Yes. You're going to get addicted to it. You would have to. Um, okay. I would, I mean, it, it only makes sense, right? It, it seems like it should make sense, but I don't, I don't know. Like that's the thing. And, and even scientists aren't, they, there's no consensus on the topic. Right. Is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Some people say yes, but some of these same people discredit themselves a bit in my opinion because they claim other things for example the screen addiction is real right which is fine it's it's a working theory right and so they're testing it and and that's how science works exactly you come up with a hypothesis sorry it's not a theory it's hypothesis you come up with a hypothesis you test it yep you eliminate you, variables. You eliminate variables. You try to find out, is this true or not true? Yep. And you use the facts to determine your results. You don't, exactly. You don't use your, you don't use your opinion to no, influence no, the facts. You're, it, the way it's supposed to work is you do the test, you get the data, and you let the data decide whether your hypothesis is f- true or untrue. Right. Uh, so what, what happens to some of these people that are alleging that this is real. They're talking about how these kinds of things affect the mind of the user, which makes sense. Right. And there, and this is a thing. Uh, So one guy, Dr. Nicholas Cardaris is uh, one of the, our country's top addiction experts. And he talks about how uh, video game companies will actively measure using medical tests. They will measure dopamine and adrenaline levels in their testing phases of their game to try to design the game to increase the dopamine and adrenaline levels, which are the chemicals in your body. Some of the chemicals in your body that will be, your body becomes dependent on those chemicals. Right. This same is way, the same this, thing this that happens kind of with the, drug users. It's, I mean, it's yeah, it's the same way like cocaine works. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you're, you're introducing an outside stimulus to get your body to release something or you're adding that something to exactly to exactly. trigger those receptors. So he explains also how he believes that this type of 
induction of the those natural hormones in the body in a younger person specifically. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot is how this that's what I'm going to talk about a lot right. is how in, this in kind of developing stuff mind affects the developing mind. Right. And as I said in the last episode, when I was talking to Mr. Taylor, uh, your brain doesn't fully form until your early to mid twenties. Right. That's when your frontal cortex and every, that's the last part of your brain that really sets in. Uh, and that's, unfortunately that's the part of your brain that also these chemicals have the biggest impact on. So his theory is that, or hypothesis, whatever. I'm not great with science people. I know a little bit, but not a lot, (laughs) but these chemicals could stagnate the frontal cortex development. Basically. I mean, the earlier that you start introducing any type of, of, of chemical, such as the dopamines, the, the endorphins, right. The, the quicker that, that that starts flooding the brain, mm-hmm. the sooner that, that, that the brain is going to start depending on those things. Right. Right? I mean, that's kind of what he's saying, right? Basically, yeah. And, and he says that it, he believes that we should allow the brain to fully develop before we start exposing it to these constant barrages of these chemicals, which the game specifically video games are designed to be as addictive as possible. Like if you look, one of, one of the best examples of that is WoW. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were people. Yeah, they were losing their jobs. Down their life. Yeah, they were losing their jobs. They were uh, relationships. Yeah. Everything just to be in the game. So, I mean, there is some ex- you know uh, real world examples of how how addic- it had a yeah. similar effect on people's yeah. lives of, as a hardcore a, drug. Right. An addictive, addiction kit. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I can see that. I mean, I, I myself can remember s- sitting for hours and hours and hours on end with a Super Nintendo controller in my hand playing video game. Right. Um, but now a lot of those games that were around when we were kids weren't this scientifically specifically developed. Right. These were more... To induce these types of... Exactly. Right. I, I completely understand. They, they were, I don't want to say a lot more simple, but they were just a lot more... Um, I don't know. They just, like you say, they just didn't have the, the same research behind them, I guess. Right. They were just more designed to be fun and challenging yes. and not necessarily that, you know, the game studio wasn't running medical tests to right. determine the exact levels of hormone that were being induced into your body exactly. by playing the game. Exactly. <laughs> the one I keep, I th- that I think of the, the one that, that consumed so many hours of my life was legend of Zelda loved the Zelda games. A lot of people do. Yeah. And it was puzzle based. I mean, you, yep. so, I mean, I, I guess uh, it was still there though. I mean, you had to have had that same endorphin. Uh, yeah. Anytime, because, anytime you, if you hit a challenging part, when you finally overcome that challenge, you're going to yeah. get that sense of accomplishment. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, of course. Uh, but, but this guy, Dr. Kadaris does state that he has worked with hundreds of heroin addicts and crystal meth addicts and he says it is easier to treat a heroin addict than someone who truly has screen addiction. Really? That's his claim. So, huh. That surprises me. I think, I think a lot of it is specifically with that example, heroin takes a very obvious physical toll on your body. It does. And there is, I'm sure that there are chemical and ways of exactly alleviating. You can wean yourself off with yes. like, uh, what is a uh, methadone? Yeah. Methadone. And that's the treatment. Yeah. yeah. So, 
you, you can wean yourself off of that. And when screen addiction, I mean, when are you not around a television, a cell phone, a computer in your daily, you're, in you're your day-to-day life? Right. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's almost impossible to get away from it. Well, not only that, but um, what what could possibly be the um, the 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 step down? You know, the methadone for the screen addiction. What where where do you get? And and what exactly are we treating? Um, is it an endorphin rush? Is it an adrenaline rush? Is it just um, you know what exactly is the underlying? Um, I guess you would say the underlying addiction itself that that you're trying to bring someone down off of. That that would be extremely hard to pinpoint. Well, I think a lot of it ties back to some other things um, in this whole screen process and it's like a constant stimulus and yeah it's it's you're never you never have to think right right you're always doing something it's 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 almost akin to ADHD where you're constantly right. doing things whether it even if it's nothing if important it's nothing more than just fidgety you're just fidgeting you're flipping through you're looking through your Facebook feed you're looking yeah. at your Twitter feed you're yeah. Just scrolling, looking, clicking, liking, yeah. just you're checking your likes. You get that, you know, and I think some of that is probably is what affected me a little while ago. I don't know if you remember, but I shut down my Facebook and I everything for a while. That. Yep. Uh, and another another person, uh, Johan Hari, calls these Facebook and Twitter and these social media a parody of a genuine connection. Uh, as and this is something me and and Jorge talked about on the last episode. As social animals, we're hardwired to have that interaction yeah, with other people. Interaction. Yeah, you need that. Yeah, but but for what they're finding now is these Facebook and Twitter and all that. It, it's not. It's not genuine. It's it's not genuine. And what. As that social creature, what we actually need is that face-to-face, direct interaction with other people. I agree. It's not 100%. enough to just chat on Facebook or tweet back and forth. Or, I mean, that's well and good, but that's not a true social interaction. Right. No. No, it's a platform, but not an interaction. And th- this is specifically what affected me, and I just I highlighted this because this is uh, research shows – which, you know, take that how you will. Uh, the more Facebook friends you have, the higher your likelihood of being depressed. Because the idea has attributed to the comparison effect is what they call it. You are tend to get more down about your life because you're seeing the more idealized images of other people's lives. Because no one, nobody puts on Facebook that their kid puked on them in the face or, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not a real they're, world. They're behind on their house payment and they got a, you know, delinquent notice from the bank or no. any of that stuff. No, you see the silver lining. All exactly. The time. And, and that's what affected me a lot was I was seeing, and it's not, look, you're my, you know, anybody listening to this, you're my friends more than likely. I think I pretty much know everybody that listens <laughs> regularly that downloads the episodes anyway. So it, it's not that I'm 
degrading you or saying bad things about no, you or saying no. that you're you saying that you're mean or anything like that. But when that got me, it's just constantly looking at all the great things that were happening for my friends compared to all the crap that was happening in my life. But it's, it's what you, you're saying. Because of what you were seeing. Exactly. exactly. It's, it, yeah. But it's what you're seeing. On, it's what they post on Facebook is 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 exactly this. Everybody puts their highlights yeah. on social media. Yeah. Nobody talks. I mean, well, There's you got few. those few people that just drag everything out. But Right. Or the ones that are always the Eeyore. It's my birthday. Yeah. Nobody or, said yeah. hi. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. You know, <clears throat> so there's there's those. But you're right. It's most people are going to post the highlights and they're going to. And that's what you're right. If you start looking at your life and saying, well, why do I not have the new car? Exactly. Why? Why? Why is my kid not getting the award? Why is, you know, my dog didn't, you know, just, you know, learn how to do this or trick or that or, you know, the new house or the, you know, whatever. Right. The vacations, the. So, yeah, you're right. You start seeing those things and you go, wow, everybody around me is in really good shape. What the crap's wrong with me? Yeah. And especially it's it's more vulnerable. And this is what happened to me specifically is you're you tend to be more vulnerable to these types of feelings if this is pretty much your only form of social interaction. Right. Which for a while it was for me. I and totally my own fault. I don't blame anybody out there. I had isolated myself. I just didn't just go out yourself off. Yeah. It's, it's all, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. It was all me. I'm past it now. Yeah. I'm, I think I feel I'm moving in a positive direction Absolutely. now, uh, but that's what happened. And so these are some of the ways that I can speak from experience that, you know, this, th- it can have an impact on you. It can. Absolutely, it can. So I believe in some of this stuff, but there's some of this other stuff in here that some of these people say, the same people that I've been citing talk about how video games create violent people and stuff like See, that. I don't and so there's some that. there's some breaks in that with me because I've played video games my entire life. I've played violent video games my entire life. I've never even been in a fight. Right. I don't feel violent urges. Yeah, I get angry. Everybody gets angry. But, I've but never, I, you don't want to go out and like... You know, yeah, I've never, a mini mall I've never been like, oh, this is just like GTA. I'm just going to go run over 20 people on a sidewalk. No. no, I think that the, I think that, you know, I honestly have to say that I think they're on to something whenever they say that um, there are underlying mental issues with people that ha- that do things like that. Um, and I can see with someone that does have some sort of a mental issue maybe seeing the, the, the graphic violence on a video game might help to desensitize them to it some, but not necessarily trigger it. You know what I'm saying? There, it's not, it's not the, 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 the well, push to get them out the door. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's just that, okay, I, they see it and they go, okay, well, when they do actually act on an impulse that was already there, not because the game instilled it in them. Right. And that, well, I'm not even sure about that. Like they say that, that, Video games desensitize people to that. So do movies and, and things well, of that nature, right? I mean, that's been the allegation for decades. In the 20s, 30s, 1920s, 1930s, yeah. they were saying that books were destroying the children of the of the time because they were reading and they weren't getting out and doing things. And today we look at books and say they're wonderful. Right. It stimulates the imagination and, yeah. and all this stuff. So I think it may just be 
just the individual again again well not just the individual but it may be a societal shift that and it's something i was kind of hinting to in the last episode with Jorge is like it may just be that the older generation just doesn't fully understand this new form of media okay and you know they're saying it's bad for the kids Okay, I can see that. You know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, you know, this, maybe 50 you know it, years from now, we'll look back and go, huh, can you believe they thought video games were causing violence? I mean, so think about it this way. Okay, just what was it? A few weeks ago, whenever um, we had Mark Zuckerberg sitting on the hill with all of these senators that were um, asking him all of these crazy, crazy, crazy questions, and not a single one of them was able to necessarily um, ask either the proper question. Or possibly even, um, not even just the proper question, but um, they were not understanding the language he was using. They were completely disconnected from the, um, the, the, the root problem or the root issue. And they were asking these, these questions that in their mind was relevant, but was so, so, so far away from um, the reality that like, you know, like Facebook or social media or something like that uses. And you're right. They just did not understand. The disconnect was there, you know? Right. So, I, I mean, it could be simple, something as simple as that. You know, we, you're right that, that that this older generation that is that is making these claims is just not understanding or they're just making the, an assumption but not fully understanding, I guess, the, the, the context yeah. or the, the – well, and I think that's a lot of it. Like, I'm not trying to make brash statements of scientific fact. Right. Nobody really knows yet. These types of devices haven't been around half of our lifetime. You're absolutely so right. Nobody, nobody knows exactly how they affect people. I mean, they they could be having a terrible impact on everyone, not just kids. True. And, and I know from personal experience that this type of stuff has this type of physical and just the technology itself has had a negative impact on me. So you saying that not just necessarily children. Um, one of the things that, that I have seen here recently was, is talked about the, the, the dangers of distracted parenting. We're talking about a lot of times, a, a lot of this episode of, uh, or a lot of this, this topic, we're talking about kids, but the other side of that is parents. When we, as adults, are so engrossed in social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, whatever, just flipping through a news feed even, we are losing a connection with our kids even. Because, I mean, I can, I can, my wife and I have had this discussion. We need to put the phone down when Penelope is around. And the reason being is you lose or you miss small cues and like our parents i mean whenever your mom says i know you're lying because i can just look at your face and knew it here's the thing can parents do that now when they look at their kid do they really have the, have they built that type of rapport with their children um even if the kids are not necessarily on the devices all that much are the parents on the devices too much? Now, see, that's interesting. That's something I never even considered. So, um, I mean, it's it, it's it's and like there's research going on right now. I mean, the the article that I had pulled up was from the Atlantic. It's the dangers of distracted parenting. It is. It's. I mean, it's a real thing that they're looking at. 
um, because the kids developing developing brain, they're pulling cues from you. They're learning from you all the time. They're little sponges. So what you're doing is showing them this is the way you this is the way life is. This is the way you interact. And if you're right. constantly if, the, if this is the the phone or the tablet or whatever is more important than that person standing there, they're learning that. Poor little Penelope the other day, by the way, and I don't want to say poor little Penelope because she's brilliant. I love her. She's she's awesome. But um, mom said, watch this, and handed, I didn't even hand her the phone, but she just turned it around to her. She hit YouTube. She scrolled and found the video she wanted, hit it, and then turned the phone sideways to make it full screen. She's 18 months old. Now, where does she learn this? Um, obviously she's learned it from watching us because, but how does she, uh, she knows, uh, she can't, oh. she knows that YouTube is where she finds there's like I was saying earlier, there's a couple of th- new little uh, programs on there. One of them is Dave and Ava. It's like these little nursery rhymes and things like that. And another one is super simple songs, which it's colors and counting and things, you know, al- alphabet and stuff like that. And she loves these things, but she is, she, she is now associated the YouTube icon with those things and when she where we've searched those so much there they pop up in our feed instantly so when she hits that icon she sees dave and ava the little you know or she sees the super simple songs and she'll scroll to find she doesn't necessarily know which one she just Ah, okay that was my thing i was like she finds the picture she likes the look of and she'll hit that and then turn it sideways and then she'll sit there and watch and yeah. Okay. See, that was my thing. I was like, how does she know which specific video she wants? Like, does she start singing the song, scroll to the thing, find that song and play it? No. So no, she just she, finds the she channel. Just, she just, she, yeah. Well, I mean, the, like I say, there's a bunch of the videos that are. Okay. Yeah, I got you. And she'll just go through and she'll find the one that she likes the looks of. Um, there's two or three of them that she goes to more readily than the others. So, yeah. But so she, mean, reco- she recognizes the thumbnail. Yeah. Okay. She yeah. recognizes the characters in the yes. thumbnail. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Now, see, that's interesting, though, talking about how it affects the parents' interactions with the children. See, I never I never would have considered thinking of it from that angle. I was just thinking about the direct impact this type of thing would have on the individual using the technology. Right. So but that's, I mean, that's it, interesting. It, it, the thing is, is it, it's a web. That's what we all are. And our are you, interaction. Are you saying that I could be Neo? You, absolutely. You <sighs> are. I think you are. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say you're the one. But anyway, um, so what I'm saying, though, is every interaction that we have affects every other interaction. Oh, yeah. So if we're interacting with these screens, if we're interacting with this social media or whatever, that means that some other interaction that we either could be having or should be having is being affected. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's there are ramifications that we do not know yet from all of this. Totally agree. I, I'm interested to see where it goes in the future. I, I am I too. truly, truly I'm, interested. I'm interested see. and a little cautious because, I mean, like you say, we don't know. Fortunately, society is moving to a more interconnected um, world, and I think that because of that, having having some of this fundamental knowledge is going to help later generations but i also have to say what are we doing are we separating ourselves socially from one another when we do this well i think we are right now but i think if you look at trends currently uh not just in 
everything else. But in, for example, in my own personal social life recently, uh, some friends of mine have started inviting me over for a board game night. Right. We, I'm, I've got the friends that I play online on the consoles with. Right. But I've got these other friends that call me up every once in a while. It's like, hey, come over. We're having actual people in the same location game and night. we're going to play board games. Yeah. See, and, that's the, that face-to-face interaction, though. But if you look at the industry, that's really picking up. Like board game sales, card game sales are really starting to go on the on the rise. People are preferring to spend more time in person with their friends. And it's, just, it's not just a trend in social life. It's it, uh, look at like farmer's markets and things like that. Oh, yeah. Where everybody's trying to support the local community and get back in you know, closer to your this physical interaction. That, you, you remember the, the episode a few a few episodes back where you were talking about the, the housing where you had like the little pods. Oh, and yeah, like the adult dorms. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that would be awesome for specifically that face-to-face social interaction. Right. And, and that's that's kind of seems to be where we're realizing that this is leading the wrong way possibly and and just the the ramifications of this kind of isolation and trying to go back to that I guess that's what I'm saying like people seem to be trying to go back to a more face-to-face social interactive that's good I, yeah I think so too yeah yeah that's very good that's very good because that's something that we've really been losing a lot of oh yeah so, without a doubt yeah without a doubt and I think if another possible like mental effect of this is like the echo chamber that you get from social media because you only follow people that have the same opinions that you do that have and 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 a lot of that is anonymity the anonymity anonymity that's the word (laughs) the anonymity that is provided to you on the internet causes a lot of people to be more aggressive than they would be if you were in face-to-face conversation you know i can see that but now let me let me argue the other direction on that really quickly and here's what i'm going to say is on one hand, you do have that anonymity where you can say things right. that normally you wouldn't. But I think in certain situations, I'm going to use myself as an example here. There are things that I want to say that I can't because of my job. Right. No, I um, totally get that. Yeah. So but I'm just talking s- about like people are much more hostily confrontational on the Internet than they I would say most people. Not right. I mean, some people are just jerks. Right. But most people are going to be a lot more potentially going to be more openly hostile on the internet than they would be in a face to face conversation. The one where, that gets where me somebody is could just suck you right in the nose if you call them politically the, charged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah specifically, politi- exactly. Yeah, politically charged uh, banter is the big one. Right. So yeah, that that's that one is huge. Yeah. And yeah, people say a lot of crazy stuff and and. I don't want to say crazy stuff. Let's just say that they voice their opinions I mean, a lot more loudly than they would like, if they were saying. Like the prime example in the news right now is uh, what is that crazy guy's name? Alex Jones. You've oh been yeah, Alex the news, Jones. Right? The one. Yeah, yeah, Alex Jones. Infowars. Yep, the guy yeah. that's been banned. From, he's been banned from YouTube, everywhere but Twitter, yeah. basically. Yeah, uh, and he's not allowed on the radio anymore. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I, I don't know anything about him. Said. I don't know either. I, I mean, I know he's political. Yeah, most of his stuff is politically charged. And I think he does a lot of conspiracy theories as well. Yeah, he was the one with the uh, what, Ab, Abfab or what, what was that thing? Antifa? Antifa. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That, that's yeah. that word. Antifa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was the one, one of the big ones on that. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, I'm not trying to slam it, but I'm just saying to me that's a prime example of what this kind of 
like he he started off with like a podcast, right? And right. Picked up popularity and got a radio show, and yeah. and it led more and more. But and then he has his own website on his own news outlet type thing, and then he yeah. started using social media platforms for all of that, and, right? Yep. And now he go and he's in trouble for some of the things he said because right. he said things that are blatantly untrue, knowing they were untrue, which has incited other people to take action, which you cannot do, right? Just like it's against the law and to people, yell people fire in the middle of it. Exactly. People that's that's <laughs> the exact theater. example I was going for. <laughs> people are trying to say it's his First Amendment rights. Well, when your speech leads to direct hostile action or or a negative impact on another human being or yeah. whatever, there are there are repercussions there are, yeah, for that. Exactly. You have to I, 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 I love freedom of speech, but there's also a responsibility of what you say. Right. And people are trying to say that his First Amendment rights are being violated. And I'm sorry, people. Once again, I've said this before. They are not being violated. As of right now, the federal government is doing nothing. Facebook, YouTube, these are all private companies, and they can allow people to say or not say whatever they want on their platforms. Because it's theirs. <laughs> it is their platform. Yes. It's not the government, so has nothing to do with his Bill of Rights violations. Yep. But anyway, uh, yep, yep, yep. that's enough of that. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, like there are these examples in the real world You're right. where it, it happens. Okay, so another thing that, that, that's out there then... Um, that we've not really touched on is what about the physical ramifications of screen, uh, like using devices right. and screen time. Right. Um, because I mean, there's obviously a lot of research that's being going, that's, that's being done. That's going on looking at how does this affect our brain, but how does this physically affect us? Like our motor skills, um, vision, mm -hmm. speech, um, all of these things. What, I mean, there's research out there that, that suggests also that, there are problems that we are starting to see specifically oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. from Without using these de devices. Yeah. Um, I was thinking one of them that I was reading about, this has been probably two or three weeks ago is a new form of almost like carpal tunnel syndrome. That's in the joints of the thumb, specifically in the thumbs yeah. because of using Caused by texting, text on smartphones. Yeah. 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 Um, so there are physical things, not to mention, um, a vision issues where you're right. focusing so closely right it can cause the blood it actually can cause the blood vessels in your eyes to expand malform. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah there's all kinds of stuff it can affect uh your ability to concentrate yeah it it now they say this in 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 an article here it's not true a human being cannot multitask it's impossible you can only do one thing at a time but Children become better at rapidly switching. I'll say that they become better at rapidly switching between tasks, but they decline in the ability to focus on one thing, which is, is that not textbook ADHD? It, yeah. Well, it can't ADHD. I mean, is that a, not just a attention yeah. deficit disorder? So where you, you're constantly going to do, 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 and moving between things constantly. Yeah. It's, but instead of being, uh, I think ADHD is, Involuntary, where this is more of a learned, do you, do you, ingrained trait. Okay, so do you feel like that ADHD possibly could be a learned disability? I think you can ingrain those types of behaviors, but I think there is truly like a distinction between somebody between who some, okay. cannot control it versus, versus someone. someone who has learned to. 
yeah, behave in okay, this so manner. Specifically, do you recall back whenever we were in school? Do you remember the kid that had ADHD in your class? Uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was younger. How how old, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Roughly. 12, 15, 12, 12 13. Okay. Okay. Somewhere See, now, I don't remember these kids. I don't. I, mean, I remember the kids that were a little hyperactive, but I do not remember the kids that took medication or something specifically because they had ADHD. Yeah, I remember now, that. Yeah. Well, for one, there was no medication then for it. Right. Like, there wasn't Adderall back then. Uh, but yeah, I was diagnosed with it. I did have, I think, more of my problem. There's no way to say this without sounding braggadocious, <laughs> but my, I think my problem at that point in my school career was I was not challenged yeah. by the school. That's not bra- being braggadocious. That's that's a lot think, of schools. I think our school system was just poor, and it, it wasn't challenging to me, so I didn't pay attention. Right. I didn't have to pay attention. I knew what they were saying already. Yeah. So I think my ADHD came from was boredom. Boredom. <laughs> And I've seen, I can see that um, because I've seen that, that there's a lot of kids that uh, like, I think that are diagnosed that way. And you're right that that's a lot of the underlying thing is not, they, they have either learned from an outside source, right. the things that they're being taught in the school and the school hasn't caught up to them or, you know, especially the, the school systems that we have where it's very rigid. You're right. in kindergarten, you're in first grade and you're teaching, you're teaching, grade, you're teaching you're to. The lowest common denominator, unfortunately, and the way our school system works. It, even even though we do diversify and we we're we're looking at the full spectrum, there's well, a, I mean you know, thirty <clears throat> some odd years ago when I was in school, like, true. Like it was, you couldn't leave that one student not comprehending, right? No they child had to, left behind, right? right exactly. <laughs> well, this was even before that. It was. But, I remember. Yeah, but but I mean that was that was kind of the idea even before it was there. Right. Is is so they would explain something. Boom, I got it. No problem. Okay, we're going to explain it 10 more times. So that way this guy can get it. Yeah, we're right. going to explain yeah. it six different ways. I'm like, yeah, I understood. I yeah. got you the first time. Yeah. I don't need to hear this again. Right. So I think that was a lot of my problem. But but yeah, but they're saying, though, that this constant, and it's it ties back to the chemical, the the constant hits of dopamine and adrenaline, and they right. get they, they get used they get to addicted. switching and, yeah, and doing this and doing that and doing yeah. something different, and it, it becomes hard to focus on one thing because they're so used to that right. constant stimulus. Yeah. Right. And, that, and I can see that I can completely see that. So, I mean, yeah, there are physical issues that we are starting to see specifically exactly. from this. Yeah. Um, and there, and like you're saying, there's uh, narrowed blood vessels in the eyes. They get uh, issues in the joints of their fingers and wrists, which are similar to tendonitis and yeah. carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah. And another big problem is posture. Oh yeah, that's the a whole huge problem. Head down forward head carrying. Yep, forward head carrying. Yeah. yeah, and and slumping their shoulders over because you're holding a phone and looking down. Yep. So you're you're slumped you're, over. You yeah. got that like ninety year old man posture when you're fourteen. Yeah. And and that's a difficult one to break. Right. Like yeah. I still slouch. I, I think most people slouch, but. <laughs> Well, but but, the, it's, but then again, there's those there's when when you got a seven year old exactly. or a ten year old that shouldn't be, <laughs> then yes, there there's an issue, <laughs> right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I think that between the mental issues and the physical issues, I'm gonna say yeah, screen addiction is a real thing. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of of caution and go with these guys that are saying that it is a real that there is a real if nothing else um, need to look into this as a condition. So yeah, I think yeah I think definitely I support further research. I don't want to say one way or another what's fact or not fact, but I would like to see further research on the topics. So far, the science seems sound that there could definitely there could be an issue here. Right. Another thing that we that we've got up here on on the the grid to talk about today is um, something that I've been doing a little bit of research in and kind of looking at um, even just over the past few years working in the school system and just kind of around kids and things like that, and then just overall general look at society. Um you know, when we were kids versus today, and that is um, sterilization of the society. And when I say that, I'm not talking about we're not having kids anymore. Not that kind of sterilization. Although that also is a trend. <laughs> well, it is. But that's a different episode. The birth rate. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the birth rate, not necessarily for sterilization, but voluntarily, I think the birth rate is on it's, the decline. It's on so. the decline, yes. Um, now, what I'm talking about is making our society so sterile, um, so um, kid glove on user friendly that we no longer have a um, we don't develop the reaction time and don't develop the um, the senses of identifying risk that like that you and I had. Um, remember I love looking through these Facebook things and it has like a picture of the kids that are on the old banana seat bicycles with the ape hanger handlebars. Right. And, um, you have like seven of them that's, that's, you know, that's there in a little group and they've got like one of the old jumps that's made out of a piece of plywood and a couple of center blocks. And it says, you know, if you did this and survived like, and share, you know, type things. The thing is, we as kids did that kind of stuff. You and I, we did the crazy okay. stuff. And yes, we may have a few scars from it, but the learning that we that that the learning process that took place when we were doing stuff like that, I think outweighed some of the risk. Um, and I right. think a lot of today's society, the things that we have now. There are it, it is too. Um, there's there's been too many risks that are removed from it. Um, take the uh, the the playground at McDonald's now. Have you? I'm sure you've not been to McDonald's. Like, have you been inside of McDonald's no. in a long time? No, drive so, through, but not inside. Okay, so the the new ones are so. Uh, they're so user friendly. Like the kid, like basically, if you fell from the very top of it, what you do is just tumble down, just gradually, like little flip flops until you got to the bottom, and you'd probably come out just fine. Back when in the day, whenever I went to the McDonald's playground, if you fell off the top, you were in a cast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I but, remember. Do, do you remember the big Hamburglar? Oh yeah, where you I climb up the tower in his head, and you were up in the little observation deck Absolutely. that was his head. Yeah, stuff like yeah. You fall out of that, you're on asphalt. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Today, if you fall out of that, you hit a rubberized mat that cushions your fall. Um, it's 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 so that we've removed the risk to the point that kids, I don't know that they're able to develop a sense for knowing when danger really is present. 
Um, and we've done that across the spectrum in our homes. Um, there are so many little things now that you can buy to kid proof your home, mm-hmm. locking your um, cabinets up. You can get the little plugs, things that go in the outlets, the little plastic things that, that, that you know. Right. Um, you buy the little things that go on the doorknob so that they just spin. So that way the kids can't open the door. Okay, that's a new one. I've never heard of that. I've not seen that no. one. Um, <clears throat> there's, um, I mean, there are all of these things that you do to your home now. You And like bookshelves are attached to the walls and they're, you know, everything needs to be up so high so a kid can't get a hold of it. The thing is, is that the, the kid re- like grows up in this world where nothing will hurt them. Nothing right. will harm them. And... When that happens, I think that a kid gets a false sense of security that I can go out in the real world, do all of these things that I want to do with no repercussions whatsoever. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. Same thing with outside. You remember the little tykes cars and stuff like that? that you, the, the little kids had that the little, I don't know, they're like yellow and orange and the kids can push them. Uh, we would ride those things down over a hill. Now, I mean, your yards are fenced in. Everything is leveled. Everything is, you know, um, it's just, it's, I think we've just removed the risk to a point that it really, 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 really is harming us. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, what is your thought? Do you think, I mean, have you, you can see a difference obviously between our childhood versus what the kids have today. Right. Right. And, Again, it ties back to what I was talking about just the last episode. There's a lot of a lot of continuation continu- continuity here, yeah, unplanned continuity. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing where it's participation trophies and don't hurt anybody's feelings and everybody's a winner. And and yeah, I mean that's what I was just saying. I feel like you know, no kids need to learn failure. They need, they need to learn to. how to deal with adversity. They need to learn how to overcome obstacles. That sense of I can do it. I can meet a challenge and overcome it. I don't have to. If the first time I'm challenged, I don't just throw my hands up and quit. Right. And they need to be able to identify those challenges because I think that's a lot of it. We've removed it to a point where when I say sterilized, I think that we've removed it to a point where they can't even like they come up to a challenge and they don't even know how to approach it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just quit. They're just just like, okay, well, I'm done. This was hard. Yep. It's terrible. Yeah. It's it's, completely terrible. I totally agree. I totally um, agree. Even to the point where, like, I, 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 the hand sanitizer everywhere. Like, every anywhere you go now, there's hand sanitizer right. everywhere. And I can understand, yes, germs are bad. Let's do away with some of it. Right. But, like, even a child's immune system now is weakened to a, an extent because they're not exposed to the same germs that we were as kids. Um <sighs> Point in fact, everybody around me got sick the, a couple of weeks ago. They had upper respiratory, strep, whatever. I work in a Petri dish. I work at, at a school. So I'm exposed to so many different things. Didn't right. phase me. Did not phase me whatsoever. So I think that that has to do a lot with what you're exposed to, your environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it's. I think I think you can go overboard is what I'm saying. I think, well, I think you can with all things. Yeah. Uh, I think anything can be taken too far. But what you were talking about earlier, sorry, uh, with the, you know, learning and the 
things in the outlets and the mm-hmm. doorknobs is like when you were talking about that just uh, what popped into my head i don't know there's a comedian that was making the rounds a few years ago called christopher titus okay i don't know if you remember ever seeing any of his stuff or not but one of his bits was his father was a you know one of those tough guy dads oh yeah and he would talk about stuff like you know i would be a little kid and you know back then we had those tvs that were 300 pounds and yeah you know, i'm a kid and i'm like crawling up on top of the tv with tipping and toppling around and my mom's like oh my god christopher and my dad's like wait 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 <laughs> he'll learn <laughs> you know so that, you know a, that's what popped into my head when you were talking about that so you know and i my person personally whenever i was growing up my family was one of those um we had we had both like one side of my family, dad's side of the family, he was very, 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 very protective of us. He was to the point where, you know, he needed to know where we were at, what we were doing at all times. Mom, on the other hand, she, her and her side of the family, like mm-hmm. I'll never forget my uncle saying, um, w- the way you raise a kid is you hold them by the back of the shirt and you l- hold on to them just enough so they can rub their nose in the dirt. And get their knees scraped just a little bit before you jerk them up and say, now, see, didn't that hurt a little bit? <laughs> so they learn, you know, okay, right. and dad would have been like, no, he's never going outside anyway to see any of this. So I think that there's a there's a happy medium there. I think that that I think that you need to have that happy medium, which is another reason why, like um, the other day, I, I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. I think it was uh, Penelope was like climbing around on the couch. And I was like, is she, uh, Ashley's like, get her. She's about to fall. And I'm like, yes, she is. And she'll learn. The floor is going to be hard. But I mean, and she's fallen a couple of times and bounced off the floor and she cries for a couple of minutes or not even a couple of minutes. Normally she hits the floor, bounces a little bit and she's like, that's terrible. That sucks. And then moves on. And then she doesn't climb back up on the couch for a little bit. So it's 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 one of those things that you learn. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. She'll learn. (laughs) She's going to learn. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I was raised that way quite a bit. Like, you know. No, wait, wait. He's going to learn. Never to the point of like serious injury could have resulted. But, right. you know, take a little tumble, get a bruise. That's how you learn. You learn to adapt, to overcome, to accept these challenges. And I agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of that is missing from the maturing process these days. All right. So you want to hear something that's really cool that I found then? Uh Shoot. All right. So um, this is a New York Times article. This is something. Oh, so liberal media bullcrap. It is absolutely liberal media bullcrap. This is actually um, a this was written by a lady named uh, Ellen Berry, and she is not a New York Times contributor. What she what they did is they picked this article up from a newspaper in England. Okay, Um, And I, I stumbled across this. At the at the end of last school year, and we were doing writing prompts in in my writing class, and I was like, "All right, well, I'm going to use this this one because this is a really good article that'll get the kids to thinking." Okay. The name of the article is "In Britain's Playgrounds: Bringing in Risk to Build Resilience." What they're doing is they're reintroducing in certain playgrounds. Um, certain levels of risk so that way kids can learn they can identify and they can see these things and go okay this can hurt me or i can if i did get hurt from this what did i learn from this when i say that like 
the specifically the, the the little picture here is of a kid and he's getting ready to jump onto almost like a teeter totter like a two, two by four across the block and he's got a pile of like six bricks on the other end of it and he's like we're, we're basically he's like i'm gonna see what happens here right and it says a boy about to send a pile of bricks flying at the risk enhanced playground at the richmond avenue primary and nursery school in shoesburyness england um what was that town s-h-o-e shoeburyness shoe b-u-r-y-n-e-s-s shoeburyness Wow. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Derail. Go ahead. <laughs> so that's where this is at. The, the specifically, this is one of the, the places that it started. Okay. Um, it says four years ago, they the teachers at the Richmond Avenue Primary Nursery School looked critically around their campus and said about um, as one of the the article or the things that they needed to do was to bring back risk. Um, out went the plastic playhouses, and in came the dicey stuff. Stacks of two-by-fours, crates, and loose bricks. The schoolyard got a mud pit, a tire swing, log stumps, and workbenches with hammers and saws. Um, says, we thought, how can we bring the element of risk into everyday environment? Um, we are looking at it. Okay. So we've got a sand pit that we can, and, uh, we can add to the sand pit to make it more. What can we add to the sand pit to make it more risky? says we have fires, we use knives, saws, different tools, uh, all of this under adult supervision, of course. Indoors, scissors abound, and so do sharp-edged tape dispensers. And I love this quote. And it's in parentheses and quoted. She says, they normally only cut themselves once. <laughs> they learn. That's the thing, though. They learn. I guess, yeah. Um, says limited risks are increasingly cast by experts as an experience ex essential to childhood development. Uh, useful in bu in building resilience and grit. I have to agree with that statement. I have to agree with that statement. Um, and it scares the bejesus out of me to think we have almost an entire generation now where risk has been removed. What is that going to look like when those those young people get our age and older. What is our society going to look like when those people, those young people age and are the ones that are actually making the choices for the elderly as well as the young. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll always, I look at it this way too. I have seen in parenting, it's a pendulum. You go one way, you go the other. My parents were extremely, extremely liberal and let us do anything, and I know what I did, so I'm going to swing the other direction and be conservative and let my and hold my kids down. Then those kids go, ah, my parents held us down. I'm going to swing the other way and let them go out and enjoy life. And right. then it goes back and forth and back and forth. So I wonder what's going to happen now. Without a society where we have risk. Right. And this is happening in other countries. Specifically, the United States is saying no to it. And the reason being is litigation, right. lawsuits. Lawsuits, yeah. Um, and the research that they are doing here is suggesting, no, we're not going to introduce risk because there's so many adverse effects. But I, I, I can't see that. I, any, I, I don't want to, to, for anybody that, that 
that has seen a, a, a movie that just recently dropped Infinity War. There's a great quote. Right, no spoilers. No I haven't spo- seen it no, yet. No spoiler. Okay. No spoiler. Um, one of the characters says, um, if you would like, I will help you in this arena. I have experience. The other character says, if you call failure an experience, and the reply was, I call experience experience. Even failure, even to a point where we have risk and people are allowed to fail, that's still experience and you've learned from it. And they say it's, yeah, it's one of the best teachers. The best teachers. If you you always win, what do you learn? Exactly. What is it they say? Smooth seas never made a good sailor. Uh, yeah, from video games, I've always heard lose is improve. Exactly. You Start learn from over, your mistakes. Hit the reset button. Respawn. Try it. Some try it differently. Yep. A scraped knee is nothing more than a respawn. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah. It's been nice being back, dude. It's been great having you, man. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. can't wait till the next one. Yay, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely <laughs> excited. Uh, so, that thought's gone. <laughs> that thought's gone? Mm-hmm. So, if you if you or anyone that out there that has anything to add to this conversation, that is... Give us an example of some time that risk actually did help you. Uh, give us an example of how screen time has affected you or yours. Right. Um, any of that kind of stuff. You know, share that with us. Yeah. We I will would... gladly read some stuff on air. Yeah. Definitely love to hear from you. Um, you know, just pop it, pop it in there. Say, hey, you know, I've got this. I'd love for you to share it, for, you know, for me. Um, and, and we'll do that. So, but until then, I guess... Um, this is this is a wrap for an episode, right? Yeah, that's it. I awesome. think we're good. So if you want to to find us, we're of course on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash two minds podcast. Yeah. You can tweet at us over on Twitter at Two Minds Podcast. Shoot us an email, Gmail, two minds podcast at gmail.com. Right. And as always, you can find this and any of our pre- previous episodes on our hosting site, Podbean at two minds.podbean.com. Awesome. So, yeah, it's been nice being back. I'm glad Mr. Taylor you. was yeah. able to fill in for Hopefully me. Hopefully we can get some more revolving cast members Absolutely. In he needs be to awesome. get back over here because I really enjoyed having him here yeah. the, the time that he was with us. So, so what do you think about the Total Dude, to- that's really good. Yeah. Really mild. Really mild. Yeah. It's, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm working on it.